grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There are some topics that are just hard to talk about just because of what the subject matter is going to be about. When children need to start taking care of their aging parents, it sometimes can be very hard to talk about their diminishing independence and what's needed to help take care of them as they once took care of you. If you're working and your bosses or your coworkers are feeding to a dysfunctional work atmosphere, it can be really hard to voice your concerns in hopes of fixing the situation. Or if you really, really like someone and you're not sure if they like you in return, at least the same way, it can be really hard to voice your feelings for them without scaring them off for good, which is the last thing you want. Yet out of all the things that are hard to talk about, where would you rate this? You calling a fellow Christian or brother to repentance. For many Christians, that is one of the hardest things that they could ever talk about. Simply because no one likes to be the bearer of bad news, especially when it is God's law and how somebody is against it or done something against it. And yet, this hard thing is what God wants of his church, that is, Christians like us, to be willing to say, because the blessings that come through repentance and what happens afterwards is more than worth the hardship that comes into speaking it. In many ways, this idea of repentance is at the heart of what our verses from Ezekiel are talking about this morning. When God recommissioned Ezekiel to keep watch over the house of Israel, it's his prophetic voice to say to them, turn back from your evil ways and live. Ezekiel needed this direct call from God, a recommissioning call, because of how hard it is to do this thing. For one, it's hard to mean it in the way that God himself does with a loving heart that wants the best for somebody's eternal welfare. But also secondly, because it's just hard to say these words in the first place or to keep saying them as needed. And yet, God equips both Ezekiel and us today to say this hard thing by showing us the blessings we have through our own repentance and our role as messengers of his word. When we read through our verses from Ezekiel, you didn't find the word repentance anywhere written in there. It's because repentance is our modern way of summarizing what Ezekiel means with his phrase, turn back from evil ways and live. We understand repentance as having three steps to it. First of all, a genuine confession of your sins, whether you can list them all or you don't remember them all. Secondly, that trust in God's promise to forgive your every sin, just as he says in his word, and we sung about it at least a couple times already this morning. And then third, to live a life that is free from those sins, or at least trying to, that we just said we were sorry for doing in the first place. Ezekiel gives us the illustration, all this happened, of a person who is turning back from their sins and then living life free from them. And once we repent, we receive the full measure of blessings that come through this hard act. 
our status before God is his forgiven child who's holy, precious, and loved to him. His face shining down on us as it fills our heart with peace and hope for the future. The reassured guarantee that heaven will be our eternal home and it will be everything as promised and advertised in the Bible. This, this repentance that is so hard to do, it's in fact a necessary part of every Christian's life because of our many and daily sins. A repentance that is very much needed. Because if a person refuses to repent, then they have unrepentant sin. If you have unrepentant sin, then not only are those blessings that come out of it lacking, but your home in heaven can even be jeopardized. That's why God wants us, his church, to be willing to say the hard things like calling people to turn from their evil ways because if we remain silent, the consequence could be eternally disastrous. That's why God gave Ezekiel this recommissioning call to reaffirm what he called him to do, to speak this word of repentance to the house of Israel at this point of history. Up to now, the house of Israel, the people of Israel, they have received a good measure of discipline from God for their generations of idolatry and hardened hearts. But there's about to come one final act that would break their spirits when the Babylonian army would conquer this capital city of Jerusalem, raise it to the ground, and dash any hope of them having a land or a country to themselves. When the people in exile would hear news of Jerusalem's fall, they would finally realize who was to blame for their hardships. It was they themselves, not their fathers, not somebody else. They were the ones to blame, and that future looked really bleak to them. And they would be coming to Ezekiel for comfort and for answers. Even though it was God who disciplined the Israelites, he did it for their eternal good. We hear God tell us so with his desire in doing this. As we heard from our verses, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from their way and live. You see, God, he did not want the Israelites to live in exile or to suffer he wanted them to live in the land that he gave them, the promised land of Israel, and to live for him in faith. But to do that, they needed to repent. And for them to repent, they had to be disciplined, just like any number of us have to be disciplined by our parents when we were still kids. And so Ezekiel was there to give this hard message to the Israelites so they could repent, be back in God's good graces, and then 70 years later, to go back to that land of Israel and to enjoy what God wanted them to have all along. It's not just Ezekiel, though, that God has called to issue this call of repentance, to speak this hard thing. It's also Christians like you and me, as we help one another to remain on the narrow path to heaven. And as we begin to consider issuing this call in the first place. What is our motivation behind it? Is it perhaps done out of vengeance? To repay hurt with hurt? When somebody sins against us, don't we want to see them get it back to them? 
to be broken, to be remorseful, to realize the error of their ways and what they have done against us, and to just be a withering wreck of remorse before us makes our sinful nature feel good, at least. And isn't that what you get when you call someone to repentance and they confess their sins before you, what they have done? Ooh, sounds a little interesting now. Or maybe our motivation is simply one of obligation. Sure, we'll speak the words that God wants us to say, but it's like a child who only does something because their parents make them. Their heart is far from the act, and if we had our way, we would never, ever do it. Do we ever have God's motivation in our heart? A loving heart that seeks their eternal good and is willing to do the necessary hardship for what hopefully will come out of it? Probably not, or at least is not our main reason in exercising Christian discipline. See, it's hard to have a heart like God, one that lovingly says this hard thing that is wanted of us. But to help us have such a heart, let's review what we ourselves have benefited from from our own repentance. Like those Israelites in exile, we know there's only one person to blame for the actions that we have done, our sinful thoughts and words and the consequences that we've brought upon ourselves. It's not somebody else's fault. It's ourselves. And the future may not be looking so good. Like those Israelites, we deserve the full wrath and punishment that we deserve for our wrong acts from God himself. And yet, God does not want to see us suffer. He wants to help us, to bless us, to save us. He wants our repentance. And when we do, what does the Lord do? He doesn't hold out on us to make us wait a little bit longer or to wish for what things are. No, He immediately gives us those blessings that come through repentance to assure you of your status, a forgiven child of God who's wholly precious and loved by him. His face shining down upon you as he fills your heart with peace and hope for what is to come. A reassured guarantee that heaven will be your eternal home and you will see firsthand just how great it is in all, that, in all of its glory. You and I, we know just how great these blessings are from a first-hand knowledge. Why we just confess our sins at the beginning of our service, and as we do it whenever, these blessings are ours. How can we not want them for everybody else as well? And if we have that heart, then we have the heart of God. A heart that loves the sinner, that wants the best for them. A heart that is willing to do what is needed. Because as we say with God himself, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from their way and live. With a heart that says this. And that lovingly means this hard call of repentance. Let us take the next step then. And to actually say this hard thing to those who need to hear it. When God recommissioned Ezekiel, he compared him to a watchman. Watchmen were responsible for a community safety, 
by keeping watch for incoming danger. And if something was coming down the road, it was their job to let the people know so they could prepare for it and be ready for it. If the watchman saw the danger but said nothing, he would be the one to blame for whatever happened to the people below. But if he warned them, he would be innocent, even if the people did not listen to him at all. Here in the dry west, we are familiar with this watchman idea with the fire towers that we find in our high and remote areas. Back when they were a lot more common before we had satellite technology and all that to make it a lot easier, they were everywhere. And the people who worked there had one simple job to keep watch, specifically for wildfires. If they saw the fire fire coming, they were to warn the people below of the danger so they could get out of Dodge and evacuate or at least prepare themselves to mitigate the loss of property and life. If that person saw the fire but said nothing, they would be the blame for the ravage down below. But if they warned the people, they were in the clear, even if the people didn't listen or if there wasn't too much time to prepare for the fire. It's in this way that God recommissioned Ezekiel to be a watchman for the house of Israel. For those who were living in unrepentant sin, they were expecting the danger that was coming of God's eternal wrath and punishment with no chance of parole or release. So Ezekiel was there to warn them. To turn from your ways and live to repent so that you do not face danger, but you can live in the full light of God's blessings. And if they don't listen the first time, then to keep warning them in a gentle and loving way because of how important it is to do this very thing. And again, it's not just Ezekiel who's been called to do this. But it's what God wants of his church, of Christians like you and me, so that we can be watchmen for the people whom God has placed into our life. Yet like you, that does not make it all of a sudden easy to to say these words. (laughs) No one likes to have their sense of security shattered or to have their feathers ruffled. So what do we do? Maybe we take the easy way out. We, we keep quiet. We let the sin fester of whatever it is and pray that someone else says the things that we weren't willing to do ourselves. Or, or maybe we do say it, but we find it hard to keep saying this word of warning as needed. We're tempted to just wash our hands of the matter, to say, I've done my best, now it's on you. But when there remains time before that danger comes, especially if we expect it to be years or decades, don't we owe it to that unrepentant soul to warn them again so that they may live in the full light of God's blessings and all that it means? It's hard to be a watchman, to say this in the first place and to keep saying it as needed and if needed. But here again, we look to our God who equips us and encourages us to say this very hard thing as a messenger of his word. It's in his word where he tells us what he thinks about sin. He doesn't like it, and it is eternally bad and eternally horrible for those who remain in unforgiven sin. But yet God is also patient 
waiting for our entire life here on earth before he calls us to account so that we may believe in Jesus and receive the forgiveness that he won for us on that cross, forgiveness that is restored to us and replenished through the act of repentance. This is a tough teaching of patient yet final judgment, but this teaching is not our own. It's God's. And not only does he say it, he's the one who will do this act of judgment. And that realization that we are just messengers of this encourages us to speak this word in the first place. Out of love for their eternal well-being, we say the words of warning that are needed, even though it is so hard to say what God has already said. There's no easy way around it. But if they don't like what we say, their problem is ultimately with God. It's not with us. And hopefully we spoke it in a loving and clear way that said what God said instead of getting ourselves in the midst of it somehow. Realizing that we're messengers of God's word and what he has already said, we continue to keep saying this out of love for their soul. Not every Christian will listen the first time you speak to them. They may just deny their sin outright or just politely ignore you, maybe even fire back with words of anger on their own. When that happens, we go to God and his word. The love he has for sinners like you and me that prompts us to do this in the first place. The blessings that we receive through forgiveness, uh, through, through repentance, such as forgiveness, that we want for all people as well. And then we pray for God to help us to say this again in a way that is loving and gentle and just seeks to share what God has said, even if it is hard to say and hard to hear. And as we do all this, let's remember our role. It says, Watchmen. We're not responsible if a person repents or not, even though we pray that they do, and that is our earnest desire, and we'd love to not be watchmen in the first place. But what does God want from us? To share this word, to warn the people before the danger comes in hopes that they will listen and repent. And when we fail in that, as we surely will, as even your own pastors do, there's God with his forgiveness to restore us, to uplift us, and to renew us to do this very hard thing. And there's people in your life that you can be a watchman for. If God has blessed you with children or grandchildren, you have the blessed task of raising them in God's good way. That doesn't stop when they become 18 or when they leave the house, but you remain their parent, you remain their grandparent for the rest of your time here on earth to encourage them and to train them in God's good way. If you are a sponsor or a godparent for a baptized Christian, remember the vows that we took for their spiritual upbringing. When you have unrepentant friends or family, be that loving voice of Christian discipline to those you have a personal connection with so they may know Christ as you do and live in his blessings as you yourself as well. Then also keep watch over yourself. The secret sins that only you know about, the recurring sins that you know are just your cross to bear in so, so many ways. Keep watch over yourself so others don't have to. 
as you bring yourself to the one who so much wants to forgive you. Because that's the charge we have as Christ's church. To say this hard thing, turn from your ways and live, and it is not easy to say that. But the heart like God's that desires their eternal salvation is willing to do what's necessary for the eternal good, then we can see with God that we have the same thing. With the words that God has given to us in his word, we are simply messengers relaying what the Lord has already said, and we pray that we dare not get in the way of that word, but to declare it faithfully, to declare it clearly so that those who need to hear it, hear it as it is spoken to them. Then let's look back to God's love. Just as we know what is ours through repentance, let's share that with others. To be the church that God wants, willing to say the hard things. So as they turn from their sins and live, they may be in those blessings of repentance and be free from that danger that is to come, looking forward to a great and glorious future in heaven. Amen.